Hello, I'm Jason Sirodin from the Orthodontic and Dentistry Digital Marketing Agency, Brain Bites Creative, and welcome to the Get It Straight podcast, where we examine the hottest topics in orthodontics and dentistry. I am joined by my co-host, Judd John, CEO of ODO, the on-demand orthodontist. Judd, how are you, and what are we talking about today? I'm good. I'm a little, a little tired here. I took the Coco Loco <laughs> e.g. COVID booster shot yesterday. So um, forgive me if I'm one can short of a six pack. Yeah, yeah, it it kind of looks like you're on methadone. <laughs> <laughs> Your eyes are droopy. You're tired, but we'll wake you uh, up. What You came with an interesting thing. I, tell, tell the audience what we're going to be talking about today. Yeah, so um, one of the most important facets of bite, correct, bite correction and the value stream and who's involved with bite correction is, is what, what is it that the patients want? And are they aware of the trade-off decisions associated with orthodontic treatment? Um, you probably already noticed at the end of our podcast here, we do feedback from patients, oftentimes, or sometimes dentists or orthodontists, by way of Reddit, which we feel to be a very authentic channel to learn what the patient thinks. And we've noticed over, you know, I've noticed certainly over the last years, several years, that there's a, a big disparity between what they think is going on in the dental orthodontic community and what's really going on. And so part of the thematics of this podcast in general is this, this aspect of radical transparency. So what we're going to get into a little bit today is this idea of what is important to the patients that we, in my former life, when I worked for an orthodontic manufacturer called the S-curve. S-curve colloquially said is the, it's kind of the sweet spot for the patient where they say yes to treatment. And the S-curve has some pretty key ingredients for them to say yes to treatment. We've determined over the years, surveys, uh, you know, Reddit research, triangulating all kinds of details that cost is very important. Quality of treatment is very important. Speed of treatment is also very important. And to some extent, efficiency, how many times they come in the office, um, is, is also very important. We shed a little light on that, but also, you know, talk about, you know, do the orthodontists and dentists have the exact same goals in treatment? In the areas where they might not, what does that look like? And, and you know, how can you think about it and do due diligence when you're electing for orthodontic treatment? How do you see techniques to get people to that yes? What are those techniques? Well, I, you know, there's a lot of things that are happening out there that people aren't saying or addressing. You know, an orthodontic office taps into their local regional area and they've, you know, depending on how long they've been treating cases, they could have treated many family members and now they're moving on to son and daughter. Um, and this is sort of just the blocking and tackling way of doing business. And the patient is just expected to go that way because that's their local orthodontist. Um, we know from the Align 2021 annual report that there are as many or more uh, orthodontic starts from dentists as well. And so what are the terms and conditions in which a patient might engage with a dentist? Um, and what nuance should they expect if they're going that way? And then the third piece of the equation is this, 
this channel disruption thing that's happening out there and has been happening for a number of years, which is there are companies that are manufacturing aligners uh, and shipping them directly to the patient. And then they have to wait out that, that, you know, um, that channel for treatment along with everything else. And, you know, it's not really a hypothesis. I think it's pretty clear as we start to go through some of the comments that I'm going to share later questions from Reddit that, there's a, there's, a, there's a very material lack of transparency. And so when we talk about the question that you just asked, which is how should we think about that saying yes to treatment? You know, I, I, a lot of it is what I would say radical transparency for towards the patient so that they can know their trade-off decisions, but in, in, in delivering that in the most pragmatic way. Now, our role in all this is just to share the field of battle so that, you know, I can share my opinions from my 11 years working in the orthodontic community and now dental orthodontic uh, community. But at the end of the day, there is a solution for everyone. And it's, and it's you know, good. I think there's a lot of uh, biases and assumptions about one thing or the next. but you know, as we get deeper into this topic today, I think what people will learn is orthodontic treatment is, is really no different from buying a car or anything else. You know, you can, you can determine the level of what you're willing to pay. And usually it's mutually exclusive with um, quality and value. Um, and if you're okay with something else, then, then you pull the trigger on that and, and you, you sort of accept the results of that buying decision. My curiosity is around how many of the people who are searching for straight teeth are actually going through and doing the due diligence to find out even on their, uh, you, whether it be a young adult or a parent looking for somebody or an older person looking for um, orthodontic procedures. I, I just think that the the decision making starts with Google <laughs> and it ends with Google. It has somebody go on there, they ask a question, they're trying to find it. And it's a very specific thing that they're looking for, whether it be cost, whether it be speed, whether it be quality. It's typically speed or cost, is my guess, because quality is a lacking factor, which is why I think, and I think that's evolving. Because I've seen, you know, so many bad orthodontic and bad dentistry websites because they haven't had to put a lot of emphasis in the quality, showing the quality portion of their work. But a website is a, is a, a reflection of someone's quality in a lot of ways from a perception standpoint. You know, I think quality is like table stakes for your average patient. Their expectation is that quality will be. Of, of, of the highest, sure. you know, you know, value, and whenever they're engaging with anyone, and you know, and it's sort of back to the analogy I just made about you know cars. If you go buy a used car that you know was manufactured in 1986 and it costs two thousand dollars, you know, there are things associated with that car that you're going to have to deal with. Now, does it do the job up to your expectations? That's sort of the thing that that I think a lot of patients aren't used to having to reconcile. But one thing is for certain, there are companies out there that exist because the cost component of it is not being addressed on the other side of the value stream, call it ortho or even, you know, dental. 
And so that's why there are a lot of direct to consumer companies because, you know, patients are very interested in getting treated, but, you know, they, they don't necessarily want to break the bank. And when we're talking about a consult, how confident are they to bring up that conversation with, with their orthodontist or dentist, knowing the, the sort of tenor out there about these modalities of treatment? In fact, I was looking for um, a Reddit comment to this tune, but there was a there's a patient out there that said, I'm, I'm scared to have to tell my dentist I'm going this way. It was really fascinating. And I think what was it in regards of, to? What way was, it was he in going? Regards of, 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 of not doing an aligner treatment with this dentist, but instead going with a direct to consumer company. Gotcha. And, you know, and her rationale was cost. And you know what? Those, they, they exist because they offer an affordable treatment. You know, right. But and, that that's I think that that's one of the biggest problems with American consumers is understanding value. Right. Mm -hmm. Like value and time if you're using and I don't know, I don't know the quality of the, a lot of these outside providers. But if it if you're going to have to do it again or you're going to have to like, you know, it's not going to be monitored as much. I just feel like there's more risk. And so you risk spending more long term. Well, I mean, it just really depends on the profile of the person. But if you really want a beautiful smile and you've only got $2,000 in the bank, you got to figure something out, you know? And, and I'll say, when you are so ambitious to get something done, it's like Mike Tyson said, you can have a plan. Everyone's got a plan until they get punched in the mouth. And so, and I'm not, I'm not saying that, that this is a sort of a byproduct of that type of treatment therapy. But the topic of today's show is to talk about the things that, that patients are interested in learning more about and, you know, how they should think about doing that due diligence. Because even on the ortho side of things, as we talked about last week, everyone's not all created equal. Experience matters. And, you know, your average uh, orthodontist treats, you know, anywhere from 10 to 15 orthodontic cases in their residency. A lot of it's academic. So, you know, they're trying to get those real world reps and then, you know, they could have a lot of runway and be, you know, ultimately down the road, be very successful, but they got to get those reps in, in order to be successful. If you come out tomorrow and just start doing digital marketing straight out of Kellogg, how's that going to go for you without the right mentorship and support, right? And so it, it, it's, I think it's really important to point out that it's like, there are so many different places that they can go and get different pieces of information. And you called out one of them, which is like, okay, should I base the quality of work on a website? I don't know if that's a yes, necessarily. You no, know, but, 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 but people make decisions quickly, right? If there's five different places that I've been said, Hey, Google's telling me these are the top five. And I look at them really quickly. If one is really crappy and it's putting on a bad show versus the other ones, right? You're going to, it's going to be a big difference. You know, I look at our client Bovenizer and Baker, they have a beautiful website. You go to it, it's slick, it's clean, it's fast. If you put that up against somebody else in that town with a less website, they have a competitive disadvantage because people's brains work without them knowing it. And it, so this I fully agree with. And as it just so happens, those are two wonderful orthodontists, two world-class orthodontists. 
actually. So it sort of it worked out in that, that situation. I'll say in the orthodontic community, you have a lot of companies that you know have uh, you know pop-up materials where you go to an orthodontic website and you're in a, you're, you're in a chat before you know what's going on and they want to know what your treatment goals and all this type of thing. And I encourage a, you know a patient to, to engage in one of those chats and see just how willing that, that associate is willing to disseminate cost to the patient. And how willing are they to, you know, disseminate length of treatment? Because the fact of the matter is the orthodontist has to screen that patient and they got to take records and then they can better understand these type of things. Um, and, and I, but I know a lot of orthodontists are also very uncomfortable giving even like a financial range, even, even at the jump without like a, a long look inside the patient's mouth. And I'm not saying like right, wrong, or indifferent. That's just a feature of war inside of this. But you've, if you've got a patient that you've got on the left where you've got to dig and you've got to go somewhere, and this is the Amazon life where something gets dropped off on their doorstep and they get all the answers and they get everything. But on the right, it's like, okay, that's $1,900 start today. There are There's a large swath. And then you've got the narrative of how much things cost over here on the left. There's a large swath of patients that are, you know, maybe I'll go to the right because then, you know, for them, the transparency has that much weight for them. Man, it is. I mean, transparency is the name of the game. I think that the main point that I want to get across is that you might be the best orthodontist in the world. And, but if you are not part of those initial conversations or part of that discovery in a positive way, you're out. So I think even before you get to the S curve and I'd like to get in there, I want to know from you what you think are the things that are going to make that client say yes, but to get the chance to be there, you've got to get them in the door. And that's what I'm saying is like, there, there's a, there's a process and it's it's bigger than just digital, right? It's what people say outside in, you know, in the world, it's what people say in reviews online. It's, you know, it's, if they saw a billboard or an ad or a sports Jersey, it's cumulative. So tell me, Judd, if I am trying to figure out how to get patients to say yes, what are the things in your long years of experience that have gotten people to say yes in the uh, ortho space? So, you know, it depends on what phase in that conversation is happening. But if you're talking about the marketing perspective, it needs to come across as a warm and friendly place. And, you know, we heard this in our last podcast, but this is very much a partnership. These patients could be with these orthodontists or dentists for upwards of two years, depending on the treatment plan. So it's got to look very accessible. You come in, you've got the sliding glass window and the highlights magazine on the desk. You're off to a really bad start in that office. So even inside of it, it needs to be buttoned. And like most of the, you know, the orthos that we work with, I mean, it is is crisp. I mean, they got the smell of cookies is coming from the back room and the bottled water and, you know, the video games. This is just kind of the, the modern way with elective treatment. But a lot of this comes down to, you know, the, that's just, that's just, I don't want to say the dog and pony show, but the, the reality hits in the conversation and, and whether, you know, the person treating the case has to have confidence and they have to have treated cases like that. And one thing that I would encourage the dentist, orthodontist, patient to do is, you know, this is due diligence. So either 
ask the right questions in due diligence, meaning, okay, I may, you say my case is a class two dip two, may I see some other results like this case? Sure. And then you go through, okay, this one took a year and a half. This one took this much time. Um, this young lady was $5,500. This one was $6,000 so that they can get a mental baseline. But also ask the questions of, you know, why, okay, and, and this is, I'm going to say something out loud, and I don't want to do a spoiler alert for this, this Reddit comment later, but ask, ask why, if you have a problem and you're the patient, ask why the price is what the, what the price is. And if you are struggling to pay for that treatment, I can assure you, the orthodontist can work with you. You know, there are multiple third-party vendors out there like iCreditWorks and, you know, some of these other companies that do third-party financing. So the patient can go five years of payments with monthlies and, you know, 55 some odd dollars a month and, you know, it's sorted out. And so I think a lot of that mitigates this, this big concern around should I go left or right? And, and so the main thing is, Yes, they're doctors, but they're people too. So if you're the you're the you're the patient, ask all the hard questions. Show what looks like your case, and if you're the orthodontist, you know this is we talk about tools and technology and props, but a lot of orthodontists do some really cool things where they show you know occlusograms and where the bite's happening, and they show the patient where look if you keep munching in this area, you're going to need restorations, and, and you know show them what can go sideways if they don't get this looked at. at. And, but but also when you answer the question around why not this one or that one, don't don't get aggressive on that topic. You know, answer in a prudent and pragmatic way, and let you, let your cases do the talking because you know I know a lot of work those are wonderful. I think we should. I think we should make a assessment tool for patients that we can give away on the website that will give them all the questions they should be asking and a way to rank them. That would be a good tool to build out and relatively easy. So we'll let you guys know if we decide to make that and throw it up on the website. Judd, what is the biggest mistake people make when trying to get someone to yes, but it actually forces them to no? Have you seen that? I would say anytime that the situation turns one of two things, A, salesy, and, you know, and salesy always has a little stink of desperation to it or hostile and not necessarily hostile towards the patient. But if the patient's brought up something like fees and they baseline fees from some other provider, whether it's a dentist or a direct to consumer company, I know that there's, there's a lot of people out there that are sort of patronized that they should be compared in this category and so the, the, the criticality of that is just have a cool cadence and to answer all these questions in a pragmatic way and let, let the results do the talking. But also, you know, we, you and I know that there's a lot of really, really cool orthodontists out there that have great personalities. Let, let that fly too, you know, you know, engage with the patient. But that's a surefire way to, to kibosh a, a would-be start. Yeah. Absolutely. And I think also having all of the, the objections covered on your website 
is always a good way to hitting objections wherever possible and just making people feel comfortable and offering solutions to those biggest problems, whether it be financing or payment plans, you know, cost is always going to be an issue, especially during times of rapid inflation. So um, say, you know, when it comes to cost, put your name on it. Don't be afraid of it. You know, it's, it's like, this is why, let me show you 500 cases. You want more? We'll go 600 cases. Okay. I get it. Like, you know, you, we got a little bit of a financial challenge. Talk to my coordinator and we can work through that together. I want to help you. Yeah, that's crazy. Well, Judd, let's get into my favorite part of the show, which is our Reddit comments. So I'm going to uh, share my screen. All right, Judd, let's get to my favorite part of the show. And that's where you share some of these amazing comments that you found on Reddit. Sometimes they're funny. Sometimes they're serious. What do we got today? This is a very common feature of war when it comes to orthodontic treatment, which is the aspect of insurance and reimbursement. Um, in this case, uh, this gentleman said that his wife has unexpected, uh, unexpected ortho work, needs to pay out of pocket, has makes sense to put money in their HSA just in order uh, to almost immediately withdraw to pay for it. Uh, she needs 8K and ortho work, Invisalign braces, Invisalign isn't braces, just FYI, it's a liner, uh, to help with TMJ issues. So we didn't sign up for ortho coverage with our dental in 2020. We have money to pay, savings, but I'm wondering if we reduce our taxable income. There's a bigger question happening at here that's um, a lot of people just aren't really familiar with. And this has a lot to do with where you go for treatment. So an interesting fact that a lot of people might not know is that orthodontists largely, and I'm not gonna just you know, lambast in general everyone in the community, but they mostly do not accept insurance. Why? Well, they have um, one discipline, one specialty. They went to school for another two to three years to learn orthodontics. They have only a handful of modalities of treatment that would otherwise be reimbursed by um, an insurance company, children's treatment, adult treatment, aligner treatment, x-rays, pain, so on and so forth, as opposed to a dentist, which it's a requirement to be in multiple dental networks because you're doing multiple different treatment modalities, including drill and fill, you know, you know, some cases implants, um, some cases endodontics, uh, hygiene, you name it. So they could be filing for upwards of, of hundreds of dental codes. So where does all this go? Well, if you go to an orthodontist, there's a, there's a strong likelihood that you're going to have to finance that case yourself. You're either going to finance it through the, the orthodontist, or they're going to put you in with a third-party lender like iCreditWorks, and then you're going to get a loan for treatment at a certain APR, and then you pay that down over time, or you just pay in full. And the reason is, and this is kind of a look behind the red curtain here, and I've done a lot of due diligence on this, is that they, they don't have to be in network because they're not doing all these procedures like a dentist. So whenever we hear about insurance reimbursement, I would associate that most of the time with a dentist doing orthodontic work. And this is where it gets really interesting because, you know, my partner, Dr. John, and I at ODO, we support dentists to do more than orthodontic cases. And one thing that we learn inside of 
a few weeks is dentist reimbursement for orthodontic cases is all over the place. Thus, the patient's reimbursement for orthodontic cases. So we have one dentist that gets, you know, can give their patient $3,800 reimbursement from Delta Dental. We've got another one that, you know, can recoup 4,600. And this conversation is mutually exclusive with what the patient can get in and coverage. But again, remember, the dentists are usually the ones that are in some network, not the orthodontists. So what you see a lot of is dentists doing orthodontics because patients are naturally interested in going to a place where they can get reimbursement. And so this is why you see certain cases where they're taking on cases um, because they know they can get reimbursed and, and the patient knows that that reimbursement will happen. That's a big deal, <laughs> you know, if, because if, if you can figure out a way to have insurance cover your braces, that's really incredible. So what steps do you think someone should take if they want to go down this, this road? Well, so now we're back on the S curve, right? So cost, if cost is a primary focal point, there's some due diligence that needs to be done because orthodontists are trained specially to, to treat orthodontic cases. Now you've got some dentists out there that can do some good work, but that's not where they're trained in a core competency uh, when they're in you know, dental school. And so oftentimes this dentist is, you know, maybe they're going to a weekend course or you know, in our case, maybe they've got you know, a, assistance in some way. Um, but a lot of the dentists that we see rely on a vendor's setups, which is used Invisalign as an example, where there's a case design comes in through to the dentist and then the dentist likes to take on mild cases, let's say, that aren't terribly crowded. And then they'll position that to the patient where you're a mild case. Um, I can take this on with Invisalign and you know, we, can, we can knock this out under your, uh, your, your dental coverage. Well, there, there's trade-off decisions on that for the patient as well, because Invisalign is a company, and then the people that are setting up cases are technicians, right? Now, in a lot of cases, you do have orthodontists overseeing technicians, but you've got tens of thousands of cases moving through every day, and these people are, you know, study and work on computer algorithms, and computer algorithms don't really dictate how teeth move. And so, you know, you have a lot of, uh, like, particularly dentists that accept a setup directly as it comes out from a design, and then they pass that along directly to the patient to go and treat the case. Well, even if it's a mild case, there's some watchouts on that because, you know, who is setting up the case one and the thing with orthodontic treatment, particularly uh, aligners is that can be relatively unforgiving. So if you think about flying in outer space and you're going to the moon, you're going to the moon and something goes off track two degrees. Well, suddenly that two degrees becomes a major problem when you're about 50,000 miles towards the moon, right? You're, you're, you're materially off track. And so then you, that's why patients have to go in for a refinement and so on and so forth. So what I would encourage patients to do is do due diligence on the experience and, and setting up cases along with going, you know, asking the questions about the reimbursement, because that'll satisfy the question on the S-curve. Awesome. Let's move to this next one. Uh, tell us about this one. So there's um, there are all kinds of devices in the orthodontic community that are what we call accelerators. And, you know, Dr. Dr. Warford uses one called BioLux, which uses light uh, to 
stimulate uh, the mitochondria to, to get teeth moving. There's other devices like Propel and Accelident uh, that use a vibration in order to move teeth uh, quicker. Uh, there's another device called Accelident, which, which also does that. So I think there's some questions out there. Patients aren't necessarily aware that these products exist. Um, you know, from the, the patient perspective on this, what is it? Why would I use it? What, what's the, the net effect of my treatment? Well, the short answer is back to the S-curve, speed. Now, there are multiple devices out there that are accelerators that have been kind of scrambling to get, I don't want to use the word scrambly, but they, they've been on the search to get claims, to get validation that they can indeed accelerate teeth um, in, you know, in, in a material manner to bring that case from, let's say, 16 months to 12 months. And I know multiple orthodontists that use devices like this. And I've actually seen multiple orthos that you and I know have had, you know, some, some very material success using devices like this. This is very much like aligners. If someone gets a vibration device or a light device, they have to be compliant in the way in which they use it. And if that's not happening, the device is going to be ineffective, just like the aligner trays will be ineffective. Um, but I've seen some very significant sample sizes to suggest that these things do in fact work. Um, the tough thing is getting a claim on this because you're talking about cases that last two years and it's tough to do an IRB or an independent review board on something like this because you have to have controls and your AB testing and any factors could determine whether a teeth move quickly or not. Um, but the people that I've seen use them are have had some success. One other point to note is if an orthodontist or you know, some cases a dentist mention these things and they might bring up that there aren't claims around these type of devices, that's a very material concern. So what I would propose is go out there, do some due diligence on people that, that do use these devices and see if you can get some, some other additional opinions on it. I, I do love how much you think the average person's going to do due, due diligence though. Just people don't do that. I, yeah. I, I, I love that. I love that we want to encourage it because I just, nobody has ever told me to do diligence on, on any of my stuff like that ever. Look, I'm going to say it out loud. I had a, my tire sensor. I had a sensor on in my car yesterday. I was like, where is the nearest tire place? So, look, right, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of eating my own words here, so I, I totally agree with, with what you said. I'll say, though, putting air in your tires is, is night and day from, from these things, and it also depends on how much you care about these things, right? It you is, but what, an accelerator. What, you're, what you're exciting me about is that there's a major opportunity to educate people about these things and make it interesting and even make it something that is not something that they're not learning in the time when they are making a decision, but hopefully we're putting it in front of them before they make the decision. And I think that's where, you know, uh, you know, content marketing is so critical. What we, the way I, I kind of examine things like this is if it were me, and I was getting my daughter treated, um, how much more would I pay to pull in treatment by six months? Not much. Sure? I don't know. Would you? Well, I'm, I'm, you know, my financial situation isn't tip top right now, as you know. 
<laughs> yeah, but six months, right? Like, but six months, think about it, Jay. You know, let's say you were targeting 16 months and now you're talking 10 months. I can assure you, once you're at 10 or 11, it starts to get pretty interesting. Now, let's say you go eight months, nine months. There's a breaking point somewhere for the patient for that willingness to pay. That's why these are worthy questions because speed is indeed on this curve. Yeah, man. I, I get it. We got to get people educated on this stuff. Uh, is this the last one? Was that the last one? That's the last one of the day, sir. That is all she wrote. Judd, thank you so much, man, for pulling some great stuff and educating us all. I feel smarter after that, and I'm sure the audience does too. Judd, thank you for taking the time to find such cool things to talk about. I always appreciate the due diligence that you do before every show. <laughs> uh, everybody, thank you for watching. If you have an orthodontist or dental practice and are sick of digital marketing that doesn't work, please check out our agency, BrainBytes Creative, and start making an ROI off your marketing spend. Visit us at brainbytescreative.com. And last but not least, a big thanks to our friends at ODO, the on-demand orthodontist. If you are a dentist looking to drive more revenue to your practice, contact ODO at ondemandorthodontist.com. I'm Jason Sroden. On behalf of Judd Johns and the entire Get It Straight podcast, thanks for joining us and we'll see you next time.